If you listen to season one, heists have three certain outcomes, lambing it, death, and jail. Most of these characters spent time on the lamb, and we all die. But they also spent some time in jail, sometimes getting released for good behavior, and sometimes making their own early release, which is exactly how Frank Morris, along with the Anglin brothers, John and Clarence, got out of the most notorious prison, Alcatraz. This is the most infamous prison escape from the most notorious prison. Before it was a prison, it was a defense fortress. And since this escape, it's been a national park, featured in a David Copperfield TV special, who only uses monuments like the Great Wall of China and the Statue of Liberty. Because of the danger involved, it took me two years to master what you're about to see. It was also the set and plot of the 1990s blockbuster, The Rock. I want a sweet shower, shave, and the feel of a suit. May I also suggest uh, a haircut? Am I out of style? Unless your 20-year-old guitar is from Seattle. It's a grunge thing. Grunge? Yeah, well, uh, thank you very much. And numerous other movies, some even about this very escape. Whoever named this place The Rock wasn't kidding. Working with those nail clippers just doesn't have any grip. It was inescapable because it was an island. Once you get out of the walls of the prison, you had nowhere to run and nowhere to hide. We'll make a life raft and some life preservers out of it. I read how to do it in popular mechanics. You have a long swim in freezing cold water with strong currents, all while the police could be waiting for you at the shore and the marine unit was searching with powerboats. First, let's talk about how they got to Alcatraz. In 1958, three brothers robbed a bank. It wasn't their first or even anything extraordinary. They didn't even use real guns. They used toy pistols. But they got away with $19,000, which is almost two hundred grand today. Nothing to scoff at considering the average income was only about $5,000 before taxes, and a home cost about the same. This wasn't the first time they robbed a bank, but it was their first time holding one up, and it was a costly mistake. They had always broken in under the cover of darkness in the middle of the night when nobody was around. They didn't think to wear a mask, and everybody saw their faces. Five days later, they were arrested in Ohio. After trying to escape and being transferred, then being caught and transferred again, John and Clarence were sent to Alcatraz, where they met Frank Morris. Alcatraz was a federal penitentiary for nearly three decades. In that time, there were 36 escape attempts. 23 were caught, six were shot and killed, and two drowned, but three men, Brothers John and Clarence Anglin and Frank Morris have never been found. Let's take a second to talk about the time period. This is taking place almost dead smack in the middle between the end of World War II and us landing on the moon. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Alcatraz is located just off the coast of San Francisco. And in the 1960s, it was the birthplace of the hippie movement. If you wanted to expand your mind with psychedelics, this was the place to be. But this story isn't really about anything like that, like it will be in other episodes. This episode is purely about the brilliance of their escape, which to fully appreciate, we need to appreciate just how fortified Alcatraz was. They called it The Rock, an island prison built so no man could ever escape. Alcatraz was the Titanic of prisons. It doesn't get much more secure than that. Nobody gets in or out which is why it held notorious prisoners like Al Capone. Even the guards lived on the island with their families. 
but I'm sure it was a nice view of the city with the fresh, salty sea air. The same salty ocean air that isolated the island was its downfall. It accelerated corrosion in the walls and bars. By the time the trio went to escape, the building was showing signs of its age and the government repair budget. They literally drill small holes around the existing vent and then push that concrete in. On the night of June 11th, they were ready to go. After squeezing through this cement wall, they climbed up a network of pipes and plumbing before they made it here to the roof. Like many other escapes you'll hear about this season, patience and a little bit of effort each day was a key ingredient to getting out. But these three wouldn't have gotten anywhere with patience and hard work alone. They went to genius lengths to fool the guards, get out of the rock, and off the island. The gang couldn't get out from just any cell. They had to be in the right part of the prison. They all transferred to Block B, where they heard there was a grate on the roof that wasn't cemented in. Before they got to the roof, they had to get out of their cells, and since the front door was an option, the only way out was a tiny vent. So they expanded the hole with makeshift tools and a power drill made from a vacuum motor. They'd cover it up with drying laundry or their musical instruments, which isn't as suspicious as you think since there was an Alcatraz band and a happy hour every night. Frank Morris is considered to be the ringleader of the operation. He had a crazy high IQ which means he was probably smarter than the FBI agents searching for him, even smarter than the people who built the prison. He came up with the genius tactics to throw off the guards and buy them time. The most notable of which is the paper mache heads they created to fool the guards into thinking they were asleep. What was left behind in their cells? Dummy heads made of plaster, paper mache, paint, and real human hair to fool the guards. They even got jobs in the barbershop to collect the human hair. Very sophisticated with all the moving parts. They did a lot of work. They, you know, they read Popular Mechanics magazine. They had access to stuff from the library. Their ingenuity was shown off once again when they made a life raft out of 50 raincoats in a makeshift workstation above their cells using techniques that they learned from a Popular Mechanics magazine. Let's recap what happened. They tunneled through their cells with makeshift tools, fooled the guards into thinking they were still asleep with paper mache heads with real human hair, and then got on a 14-foot inflatable raft made out of raincoats. Now what happened to these guys? X marks the spot. This was the actual portal to freedom for those three escapees. After they knocked off the air vent, they ended up here on the roof of the cell house and ran straight to freedom. Once they were on the ground, they went underneath the water tower and scrambled down to the smokestack at the north end, inflated their raft, and paddled away, never to be seen again. Get your tinfoil hats out, because the official explanation that they drowned is too boring and is a plausible option at best. It was cold, 54 degrees in the water, which is warmer than the water when the Titanic sank, but still not warm enough to survive for too long, especially if you don't have somewhere warm and dry to get to. And remember, they weren't in a cabin comfort cruiser or even a proper dinghy. They were in a homemade raft made out of old raincoats. There are two smoking guns that lead many, including myself, to think that they made it out. 
At their mother's funeral, there were two tall women standing in the back who didn't talk to anybody and could only be kindly described as awkward. They wore weirdly fitting clothes and veils covering their faces for once. A couple of photos have surfaced of the brothers, all coming from Brazil. The first one is from a childhood friend who ran into them at a bar. Another photo that surfaced in 2015 was analyzed using facial recognition software that confirmed they made it out alive. But who knows how accurate that really is? We'll never know for sure. But even as a pretty skeptical guy, I choose to believe they made it out. Especially when you hear some of the other successful escape stories this season. Now, let's go back in time 25 years and across the Pacific Ocean to 1930s Japan for my favorite story of the season, where Yoshi Shiratori became the prison break magician. I'm busier than I've ever been before. Between live shows, content, and running my store at westbarker.shop, it's easy to turn on ads and just forget them. But that's also a great way to burn money. Not only is Triple Whale presenting this season of Original Heist, they're also powering over 5,000 e-commerce stores to give merchants and creators like me peace of mind that our numbers are accurate. 